Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast. This is Case 13, Iris. I am Jeremy, keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and the mocking sing-song voices of ghostly twins who call out at you at the end of a long corridor in an otherwise empty hotel. Your investigators of the unknown are Gabe as Roy. Wait, wait, I thought I was second this week. Matt as Rocky. Oh, man, man I, I thought I was first. This totally ruins everything. And Brian as Pippa. I'm Pippa as Brian. And I'm first. All right, well, welcome back, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah, you know, we're doing. I'm one small box of Junior Mints down and drinking some peppermint tea to wash that down. God. That's what I was going to say, but okay. Sorry, I stole your thunder. From down under? Listeners, if you would like to write us a love note Ooh. or some hate mail, send us a letter from beyond. We appreciate the love notes, though. On our website at lovecrafttapes.com. And we do have one letter tonight, which is very nice, from Jara, who says, I found this podcast by accident, looking for something to fill my Lovecraftian needs after my usual Lovecraft podcast ended. I usually don't like real play podcasts, would rather be playing myself, but this struck a chord. The lore keeper does a great job in setting the scene, and the players fumble through magnificently, managing to move the story through both successful roles and horrible ones. All in all, good storytelling, nice Lovecrafting suspense, and a sense of humor that I kind of vibe with. Having found it relatively recently, I've binged the entire show, cramming several years worth into several months, and you can really notice the improvements in quality over the years. Better audio quality, good use of sound effects, audio effects in post-production, and so on, which I assume are partly funded by Patreon donations, so well worth the cost. The quality of play has gone up as well. The players have always had a range of quick one-liners on hand, which I like, but have managed to dial that back a little in order to promote the overall story, which is well worth listening to for straight-up Lovecraft suspense. Characters are more rounded out now, and their interactions seem character-driven rather than player-driven, building after each episode to make them realistic characters rather than caricatures played just for laughs. And there are plenty of laughs! For anyone starting on the Lovecraft tapes, I really recommendo starting from the first season to pick up on all the one-liners that have become running gags. It'll make a lot more sense that way since some of them need context. My Patreon donation seems a great little investment in a style of podcast I traditionally avoid like plague nice work thank you very much and thanks for noticing my roundness i've been working on it over the years yes appreciate that Gerard. very nice words there thanks we appreciate it appreciate you also a gentle reminder that if you would like to chat with us in real time join our discord server at discord.lovecrafttapes.com today where matt likes to post experimental beat poetry set to the tune of the battlestar galactica theme song take it away matt that one was all about the silence and of space and the deafening loneliness of loneliness. What did you guys think? I loved it. In space, no one can hear you beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash Lovecraft Thank you very much to Jordy Rose, Barry Robeson, Atulia, 
Brittany Davis, Elizabeth Greve, Chris Parker, Brownie Davis, Yasmin Amber, Kyle Sherman, Huge Pie, Jefferson Bell, Eric Zane, Old O'Polkert, Mitch L, Lobster Johnson, Frank Delventhal, Amanda Power, Harold, Eric Phillips, Malamba 57, Snow, Wouter Vermeyen, Andrew Petty, Daniel Caprone, Beefcake, Dom Driver, John May, John Scarcella, Phil Dickinson, Robert Jameson, Boston Harbor Horror, The Frilled Shark, Flix Capacitator, Eric Setterberg, Yogg, Liz Moonberry, Stephen Gregory, Ripley Iwin, Discordiant, Davinia Von Zarevich, Sheldon Warner, Chainsaw Unicorn, Captain Vashton, Peter VDB, Little Rowan Plays, A.E. Jonesy, Marty Dixon, James Brown, Ow! In Upsets, Astartist, Gregory Schmucker, Shane Stoley, Ruined Ashes, Brindle Stubbs, Matthew, Horst Draper, Rolling Boxcars, Manic B Media, Prophet of Woe, Kevin C., Jeffrey Young, Bifford, Batran, Casper Rybeck, David Winterman, Alexandra Kroska, Holden Obans, Tien Tai, Phil Campbell, Justin Levesque, Nicholas Hutto, Phoenix Black, Puddle Time, John Konopasik, Mick Cope, Kevin G., Robert Lamb, Jehovah's Thickness, Ow! Stephen L., Tomas, J.R., J. Clark, Benjamin Webb King and Seraton Wizard of Isinglass. Thank you very much for all of your support. Straight on down the line from top to bottom. You guys are the best. Don't ever change. Unless you want to change the amount of money you're giving us on Patreon to give us more, then we can change that. Then by all means, change. In other words, you got some change. I guess what I'm trying to say is, don't go changing. But give us your change in. Change to try and please us, please. Just don't go chasing those waterfalls. Make sure you stick to the rivers and the lakes that you are used to. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Ciao! What's poppin', fellow weirdos? It's your boy, DJ Lovecraft, back at it again with The Fish People. That's right, the aquatic supergroup that's tearing up the charts from far below the deep blue sea with their red-hot LP, featuring brand new hits like... Humanity, there's no need to sink down, I said, humanity... Flop yourself off the ground, I said, humanity, cause you're nobody's clownfish. Just watch out for propellers. It's fun to swim at the marina. Hey, 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 macho, macho manta ray. I've got to be a macho manta ray. In the gravy, floating next to snappies, in the gravy, looks like I've been steamed in the gravy. And many, many more of your favorite siren songs, available now on Ktulu Records at all your local music stores and seafood markets. Fish people, they're back and coming for you. And we're back. What'd you guys think of that product under service? It's a very, very meaty advertisement. You know, you really, really felt you could sink your teeth and do it. A little bit liquefying near the end. Luckily, you're wearing your brown pants. I like the part where they sold stuff. 
What did you think, Jeremy? I once sold that product under service to Lorne Green over the phone on a cold call. Being a polite Canadian, he was very nice and bought several cases, but I never found out what he did with it all. Several years after he died, I snuck into the cemetery where he's buried and dug up his grave just to see if he'd taken it with him in the hereafter. All I found was a coffin full of Alpo dog food. So I imagine Lauren Green is still out there hiding from the public after faking his death, laughing and enjoying that product in their service on a beach in Mexico. As a skeleton. Skeleton warriors? Now, dear investigators, we play Case 13, Tape 11. Pistol Whipped. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Beneath the streets of New York City, the dark pulse of an ancient evil throbs with black blood and an insatiable hunger for human flesh. Roy and Pippa, unnerved by finding Charles Blaine's corpse picked clean at the abandoned 76th Street subway station, hurriedly patch themselves up before ascending an elevator shaft to what they hope will be salvation. Zounds! Rocky discovers Diamond Dave's doomed fate, putting the poor man out of his misery, then escorting Maria in hot pursuit of Marigold Odobrati through subterranean sepultures to recover the artifact. Thunderation! Can our spelunking sleuths eventually emerge from beneath the concrete jungle, unscathed, or will an ill windflower blow them all away? Peer with me now and wonder no more as our case draws to its unpredictable conclusion. Investigators, together and separately, you've been in some strange and compromising situations before. This might take the cake. As your handheld lights ping-pong off the tunnel walls, flashing from your compatriots emerging on the other side of the cavern, to the woman holding the scepter artifact in the center of the large chamber, to the gray-skinned ghoul even now poised to attack, you're filled with a sense of encroaching doom. Howls resound, echoing throughout the space and getting closer. The time to act is now. Roy, despite some first aid, the bandaged wound you received earlier throbs painfully, a pulsing reminder of your mortality. Behind you are Pippa, who casts fearful glances back the way you came, and Choo-Choo, who clings to his luger with both hands like a life preserver. Across the way... Rocky seems ready to spring into action, and it looks as though he's brought along a friend. Hopefully she's helpful in some way. In your hand, Trilby rests comfortably against your palm, even if there are only four rounds left in the six-shooter and none left to reload. In your other hand, the flashlight expertly assesses the situation, picking out potential targets. Both the dogman thing and the woman holding the artifact are about 20 yards away, just outside the range of your firearm, making any shots you fire a bit risky at this distance. What will be your first planned move? I think that playing a defensive role right now is probably the best thing, so 
There's a barrel. Do a roll over there. That way I can catch my breath for a moment. And that way I won't have to defend from all sides if need be. Just put me in a better position. Please roll spot hidden. I needed a 75. I got a 30. That's a hard success. Rocky. Truth be told, you're a bit shocked to see your brother and Pippa at the far end of the cave. And you can only assume the older gentleman with them is the one and only Choo Choo McGee. Hopefully, the old codger can handle that pistol because you have a feeling you're going to need all the help you can get. In the soft luminescence of your phone's light, Marigold Odobrati's eyes shine much like that of the ghoul at her side. You have a sinking feeling that the infamous MRGLD might no longer be quite the human she once was. Still, if Maria is correct, your main goal here is to destroy that scepter at all costs. You heft the Walther PPK, realizing your quarry is just outside your gun's normal range for a decent shot. What will be your opening gambit? I'm going to shoot these conveniently placed red barrels. Oh no, Roy was back there. Oh, how terrible. First, quickly turn back to Maria and be like, I need you to find somewhere safe. Just back up into the tunnel a bit. I, You just stay put safe. And I'm going to gently push her back towards where we came in just to try and get her off the field so it's one less variable to worry about. I'm going to strafe to the right and circle in just enough to get within uh, weapons range. Please roll psychology. Uh, I needed an 80. I rolled a 41. That's a success. Pippa. Despite the sounds of approaching enemies from behind, you feel a surge of excitement from somewhere deep inside, and that new sensation of power coursing from your mind to the tip of your tongue. Adrenaline sharpens your sight, so you're able to clearly make out the figure of Maria standing behind Rocky about 40 yards away. In fact, though faint, you begin to hear her voice inside your head, chanting some long-forgotten language that is still eerily familiar. Had you heard your father uttering those same phrases one late night when you were very young, he in his study with a glass of bourbon, and you peering at him from behind the staircase handrail, clinging to a Barbie doll and trying to emulate his slurred words? The memory rises like a beacon, and you're suffused with an inner light even as the strange woman holding the artifact begins to exude a dark, tendrilled aura. Calmness steals your nerves, and you're overcome by an insatiable desire to demonstrate your powers. What will be the initial stage of your strategy? There's a spark in my eyes, and I'm going to calmly but confidently strut forward towards Marigold and the Dogman Beast and prepare to make that puny little dog creature my bitch. It's going to work for me. So what you're saying is you're going to offer him a job with a decent wage and full benefits and maybe some paid time off. And... No, then they would be my equal. Pippa, please roll psychology. Uh, I believe it's pronounced psychology. I needed a 64. I rolled an 86. That's a successful fail. As the three of you envision what you want to do, 
Marigold Odebrati winks seductively and stage whispers, Say cheese. Cheese. She shifts her stance unnaturally and depresses a switch with her left foot. The chamber is suddenly illuminated by several blinding spotlights, cleverly tucked into the corners. Her mocking laughter echoes off the stone walls. Roy, you had a hard success, so you're going to act normally this round. This is good. Rocky, you had a normal success. That means you will be acting last in this round. You're caught unawares by the blinding light, and you sort of flinch. Pippa, you failed. You will be acting last in this round, and you're going to be taking penalty dies to all your rolls during this round. That's upsetting. Roy, you have your gun readied, so you get plus 50 to your initiative. So you will be going first. I would anyway. My initiative's awesome. Your initiative is awesome. Uh, there is one contender here who could beat you ordinarily. Uh, your intent was to get closer, which you did. So you are able to take one shot this round and one shot only. Fine by me. I feel like I just need to go with whoever's closest to me at that moment. Ghoul is probably a slightly closer because it is actually a little quicker than she is and springing to attack. Then I will go with the ghoul. I rolled a, I needed a 53, I rolled a 3, that's an extreme success. Uh, what is your max? 12 for damage. Just hear a booming voice from above, headshot. Kill-tacular. Uh, as we know, the hide on these things is a bit rough, so it doesn't do as much damage as you had hoped, but still quite a lot. Next up is going to be Choo Choo McGee, and uh, he is also going to attempt to shoot the ghoul. He needed a 58, he rolled a 28, which would be a hard success. Way to go, Choo Choo. Good job, Choo Choo. So Choo Choo actually hit. The bullet bounces off the barrel that you're hiding behind, and you realize that the barrel is actually made of some sort of aluminum, and it opens a hole in it, and some dark liquid starts spilling out that's very noxious smelling. It smells like decayed matter of some sort. It smells organic, almost like a chicken carcass left out in the sun, and hits the ghoul in the left eye, shattering... The bones in the face, it howls as its eye just leaks out onto its cheek, and it redoubles its efforts coming toward you guys. <laughs> Marigold takes a cue from Roy's playbook and takes cover behind a stone bench of some sort, which now that Rocky is strafing a bit closer, he can clearly see it. Some sort of sarcophagus? But she now has cover. And now the ghoul snarling. One eye. One eye snarling. And sees Rocky trying to strafe to the left of it. And it whirls on him and pounces on him. What do you want to do in defense, Rocky? Dodge. Fight back. Maneuver. Kill him with kindness. I'm gonna fight back. Okay, you have a gun in your hand. It's not much for me to kind of shift over and just pop a shot off at this thing as it comes soaring through the air towards me. So let's get it on, shall we? I needed a 78. I rolled a 24, which is a hard success. So he's going to come at you with his claw. 
He needed a 40, and he rolled a 97, which is a fumble. Eight damage. Please describe what happens to this ghoul as you kill it. So I look over and I see this thing just coming through the air at me. And since I was prepped and ready, I just kind of electric slide off. And as his head rolls past me, I just right through the ear, one in ear and out the other ear on the other side of the head. With a surprise look in its one remaining eye, flops to the ground, twitching at your feet. Even in death, is scrabbling at the ground in a circle, dirt and dust flying up. Benny Hill theme music going full blast. And it ceases to move. The black ichor pools beneath its ear. And we are on to Maria, who Pippa can see is standing in the mouth of the tunnel, slightly in shadow from where Rocky had pushed her back. Her head bent, her eyes closed, her hands clasped in front of her with what you can assume is some sort of rosary or religious symbol on a necklace, and she's whispering fervently. As she does so, Pippa, you feel this calmness, this cool air billow inside your head. And the words that you are attempting to remember from when your father had said them in the study, that language is becoming crystal clear to you now. You go over it in your mind, just repeating by rote the memory, evoking these symbols, this ancient language. And you can hear Maria in your head as well, almost as if she's speaking directly into the back of your brain, helping you with the incantation. Rocky, it's your turn. So I'm going to continue my slide, see if I, I want to just slide enough just to get a, a better angle on Marigold, see if I can't slide around her cover to get a, a shot on her, and then I'm going to fire one off just to ping her behind her sarcophagus. Ping. She is behind cover, so you're going to be taking a penalty die no matter what. Okay. And because you're attempting to get into position, we'll say one shot as you're moving around, but it's not going to negate the cover for this round, but it will help you next round. Okay. I needed a 78. I rolled a 49. That's a success, but I have the penalty to it. I rolled a 1. Would make it a 19. So either way, it's a success. I did 5 points of damage. The bullet actually does strike the sarcophagus in front of her, and shards of stone go flying into the side of her face. And she shrieks as the flesh is stripped away, and you can see pale, gray, leathery hide beneath the facade of her face. There is some blood. Oh, there will be blood. Drink your milkshake. No, not the milkshake. That'll bring all the boys to the yard. What's so wrong about that? What do you got against boys? Pippa, you are finally last. So I'm going to cast Dominate on her. It's an opposed power roll. This will cost you one magic point and one sanity. So yeah, let's go ahead and do some power rolls. What do you say? I needed a 60. I rolled a 14, which got me extremely excited until... I needed a 60. And I rolled a 7, which is an extreme success. Pippa focuses all her energy at Marigold. But the last minute decision to switch from the ghoul who is now dead to Marigold was slightly distracting because you weren't really paying attention to her and you can only see part of her, but you still give it your all. And with Maria's help, it is the best that you can do. You've never quite 
managed to get this level of power and spell use efficiency. However, Marigold turns toward you and you see where her flesh has been rended and beneath is a monster. And you realize that you're up against something that isn't any longer human. Perhaps you've underestimated your opponent. And you can feel Dominate recoil and slap you back in the face as useless. You'll get it one of these days, Peppa. That's the best I've ever done with this out of the 900 times I've tried to cast one spell. Round two. Electric Boogaloo. The howls from behind Pippa are coming closer, much closer. And you hear the bellowing voice of who you can presume is Jason Windflower. I smell kitties. Delicious kitties. Meow. Roy, hanging out behind that delicious barrel that it's now leaking a puddle at your feet. Light it on fire. His feet? It's Roy Hotfoot Arroyo. <laughs> I feel like I just gotta take another shot. Let's be honest about the situation here. I'll stand up from the barrel and I'll line the sights up and I'll get real good. Hey, buddy. Over here. And then I'll take my shot, and I needed a 53, and I rolled a 74, so I failed. Marigold doesn't seem overly concerned by you, because she has pretty good coverage behind that sarcophagus. She doesn't even flinch as the bullet goes astray. As you stood up and lined up your sight, tried to shift your weight slightly, and your foot slipped in that muck that is leaking out of the barrel. Prattfall? Damn ghoulies. Actually, she's going to fight back. Of course she is, now that I failed. She is whipping her hand at you, and you see two projectiles fly through the air, two shurikens. Needed a 70, rolled a 7, with a penalty die, a 37. The first shuriken embeds itself in your shoulder for three points. But now you have a shuriken to throw back. Needed a 70, rolled a 67, which is a success, but needs a penalty die. That would make it a 17. So the second one also hits. Take half your ear off on your right side. And the cartilage flops to the ground. That sucks. Four points of damage. So what does that leave you with, Roy? Two. We have so little health points in these games. (laughs) But the weapons do, like, 12 damage. (laughs) We have 10, but, like, when we fight a dog, it has 6,000. House cats in this world have freaking a million. You know why you can't swat that fly? That fly is 7 million hit points. Okay, uh, Rocky, it is your turn, currently. And fire off another shot on Marigold. And he says, it's just been revoked. She's going to try to dive for cover. Uh, I needed a 78. I rolled a 31. That is a hard success for one point of damage. Awesome, dude. Good job. She's dead now, I imagine. Hey, I hit her for a couple points earlier, so... She tries to dive for cover, but stumbles slightly, and your bullet strikes home in her back as she's turning away. Oh, nice. And as the bullet sinks, I'm just going to yell at her, Remember that warning I gave you earlier? You had your chance. And then she responds, I stumble for you. So her shirt stops most of the bullet. But, like, a little bit gets in there. Like, she has a sore back now. Ooh, a bruise! Ooh! Choo-choo McGee whirls around towards Pippa, pointing his gun at her. And he says, hey, honey, duck! And I'm just gonna hit the dirt. Pippa 
flops to the ground on her belly. Take five points of damage, you flopped. And Choo Choo fires at the second ghoul that is coming up behind you. Uh, he needed a 58. He rolled a 62, which he spent some luck to make that a, a success. Choo Choo's gun rings out, and the bullet looks like it's going to go astray, but one eye squints as he aims down the barrel, and... As he lets fly, you hear a satisfying squelch as the bullet strikes the outstretched claw of the ghoul directly behind you. Some of its fingers go flying. I guess it was seven damage, yeah. Damn. It is now Marigold's turn. Rocky is now the closest enemy. She's going to throw two shurikens at you. What would you like to do? This is a... uh, a normal thrown weapon so you can dodge, fight back, or do some sort of maneuver. Dance battle! <laughs> I'm going to just keep firing. Hit her with my best shot. Fire away. <laughs> Needed a 70, rolled a 4, which is extreme, but penalty dies, so let's see what happens with a d10. Uh, that makes it a 14, so the first one's going to hit. Second one, uh, need a 70, rolled a 21. Uh, which is a hard success. Uh, need to roll a penalty. Roll a 10. So that one's going to actually miss. First shuriken whips through the air, strikes you in the leg for three points. We got to put him down. He's got a sore leg. Drop down onto my good knee. Uh, I needed a 78. I rolled an 84, which is a failure. The pain from this lodged weapon in your thigh is excruciating and as the blood spurts out of this wound your vision goes slightly cloudy your bullet goes far astray bouncing off one of the cavern walls and hits the ghoul behind pippa pippa it's your turn i'm going to roll over with that same excitement in my eyes and i'm going to cast dominate on the ghoul that just got his hand blown off opposed power rolls and this round, you will have a bonus dive thanks to Maria. You got a bonus dive from Maria. I needed a 60. I rolled a 57. The ghoul needed a 65. It rolled a 75, which is a fail. You now own this guy for one round. Wait, a successful spell? And that's our show. Uh, thanks for coming, guys. This is the last episode. Uh, we're, we're done here. So the ghoul, which would have launched itself over you toward Choo Choo, has now stopped dead in its tracks and is looking at you with a blank stare, awaiting command. Sick him, Cujo. Then I'm going to say two words, kill her, and sick it on Marigold. So the ghoul erupts past you into the main cavern and makes a beeline to Marigold and pounces on her, taking a swipe with its one good claw. Needed a 40, rolled a 44. And so that is a failure on his part. And Marigold will do a fighting maneuver, jab the ghoul with the scepter. Needed a 25 and rolled a 79. She is quite shocked to see that this thing has turned on her. And we are now on to Maria. 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 I like the Men in Work song, Maria, better. Well, let's let's hear it, Gabe. Maria comes from a poor family, like the Odebratis. Odebrati. And he comes from the Odebrati. So Maria continues to chant, focusing her attention now on Roy. Awesome. You feel a sensation in your left hand, and something begins to materialize in your palm. It looks like some sort of blade made of pure energy. 
glowing white. Okay, I like this. And we are on to round three as a shadow befalls Pippa, extending out into the cavern to encompass even Choo Choo standing there as Jason Windflower arrives. Roy, you have a decision to make. You get plus 50 for a readied firearm on your initiative. But if you decide to go with the blade instead, you'll be dropping down in the roster, obviously. How many bullets do you have left in your trilby? Two. I'll use the blade. So we're going to drop you down in the roster to 80. So you'll be going before Pippa, but after Windflower, Marigold. So Rocky, you would be next in line. So I noticed the big shadow come into the room. And I go, oh, bloody hell. And I'm going to cut the strafe and just start making a beeline for, for Marigold. And as I'm trying to get close, we're going to just fire off another shot. Uh, I needed a 78. I rolled a 40, which is a success for nine points of damage. And so your bullet catches her fully in the gut. And you see this whole erupt spring bile out from her back against the cavern wall, spattering the ghoul next to her. She winces in pain as what look like rotting intestines begin to loop out of the hole in her stomach. It appears to be the same color and consistency of the stuff oozing out of the barrel, and it smells just as bad. Yummy. Ghouls come in barrels. I knew it. Ghoul in a barrel, new from HW Industries. We are on to Choo Choo, who is going to try to shoot Jason Windflower. And Windflower is not even going to attempt to dodge anything. So Choo Choo takes a shot. I uh, needed a 58, rolled a 92. So the very sight of Jason Windflower, this monstrous ghoul, face still retains the likeness of what he once was. And the only person who might recognize this would be Rocky, because you saw the same likeness in the photograph back at DBRT Studios on the easel beneath the sheet. This was the creature who ate Charles Blaine alive. Rude. And now Windflower strides in and... Goes for Pippa. I'm going to try Dominate. So go ahead and let's do a power roll. I needed a 60. I rolled a 50. That is a success. I needed a 65. I rolled a 46. That's a success. So Initiator wins. Yeah. First claw. I uh, need a 40. Rolled a 54. Fail. Uh, second claw. need a 40. Rolled a 1. That's a critical. Shreds your arm for three points of damage. What's that take you down to? Oh, three. And then he is going to try to bite you, actually. Uh, he needed a 40. And rolled an 86. So, thankfully, the force with which he swung and ripped your arm sent you tumbling backwards into the cavern next to Choo Choo. Well, I'm by somebody who could protect me, so that's good. Now it is Marigold, who is plenty pissed off at Rocky. My back is so sore. And my front. I'm going to have to get a massage because of this. Icy Hot isn't on sale at CBS anymore. This is going to be expensive. And she looks over at you with anger burning like fire in her eyes and says, how about we play some monkey in the middle? And takes the scepter and throws it to Jason Windflower, who catches it. Shoot it, Roy. <laughs> Roy, your turn with your blade. 
I'll look at the blade in my hand, and I'll feel the energy pulsating from it. I'll holster Trilby, and I'll reach into my pocket, and I'll pull out the Poe-Mance pills and take them. And then I'll run to Marigold and try and stab her in the heart with the energy sword from Halo. First, I'm going to need a luck roll. For the pills. I need an 18, I got a 60. That's a fail. So the pills go down, and they taste quite sweet. As a matter of fact, they have sort of a licorice taste to them. And you realize with horror that these are good and plenty candy (laughs) that have clearly gone bad decades ago. Well, fuck. And you're pretty sure that within the next... 60 to 90 seconds, they're probably going to be coming back up. <laughs> but meantime, that gives you 60 to 90 seconds to have that Marigold. I needed a 54. I rolled a 62. Can I spend luck in combat? Yeah, we already established you can do it. I will do it. So you're going to spend eight to make that a success. Oh. I basically have zero anyway. Who cares? <laughs> and she's going to fight back. So she just needs a better success. And she needed a 25, she rolled a 45, which is a fail. Tell me what that looks like when you slaughter Marigold. The energy sword pulsates in my hand, and there's a burst of light that comes from it. And she shrieks as the blade pierces what she thought was an impenetrable hide that would somehow protect her. And from where you lanced her, you pull up, and the rest of her... Internal organs spill out in a black, bileless puddle. Free soup. And then I vomit. And then the pills come up. You vomit just on her on her body as it hits the floor. Pippa, your turn. Yes, I'm going to attempt to dominate the same ghoul. All right, power roll. Need a 65, I rolled a 25. That's hard success. I need a 65, I rolled a 25. That's two hard successes, so this is uh, initiator wins, right? That's me, baby. So, uh, yeah, what would you like the ghoul to do? I'm going to send him towards Windflower. All right, so he leaps to attack Windflower. The ghoul needed a 40 with his claw and rolled a 19. In this case, it looks like Windflower is going to take three. Three points of damage, and because they're both ghouls, that'll be normal that'll be normal full damage but it doesn't look as if windflower is all that troubled by it he's more irritated than anything else see the bar above his head it's a dark souls boss we're all fucked maria is next she actually whirls around as if she hears something from behind her so we are in round four and Rocky, if you have your weapon still in your hand, your firearm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say, see the, the scepter fly through the air. I'm going to spin on my heels and follow it over. Like, Excuse me, but I believe you have something of mine. Now, I'm going to give you to the count of five before I shoot you for it. And I'm going to pull my gun up and go five, four, three, two, one, and just pull the trigger. And are you trying to shoot him or the scepter? I'm trying to shoot the scepter. You would probably benefit from aiming, and you would need to take a round to aim. I'm going to take the normal shot. At this point, he's Rocky's kind of panicking. He knows that scepter is now in the very wrong hands, and more likely than not, Jason knows how to use it. All right, so uh, you'll take a penalty die on this. Uh, I needed a 78. I rolled a 57, which would be a success if I didn't have to do this. Uh, I rolled an 8, which makes it an 87, which means that is a failure. And so your bullet uh, pings off the wall behind Jason Windflower, and he laughs. 
Try harder, little boy. All right. And Choo Choo is standing there, and he's going to take a pot shot at Windflower, who is going to lash out and fight back. So Choo Choo fires his Luger. Needed 58, rolled a 16. Hard success. Four damage. Jason Windflower is going to lash out with a claw. Needed a 40, rolled a 58. Unable to do that because he was too concerned with having a discussion with Rocky. The bullet sinks in, but doesn't do a whole lot of damage. Sloughs off his skin. And we are on to Windflower, who is going to fight. He's going to go after the ghoul. Uh, Needed a 40, rolled a 48 with one claw. Needed a 40, rolled a 13 for six damage against the other one. And let's see if ghoul two can fight back. Uh, Needed a 40, rolled a 43. That's fail. He's going to take six points of damage. And next up, we've got Roy with a blade. Well, you see it work to once. So I will attack Windflower with the blade. I needed a 54. I got a 54, so I succeeded. Take your bonus. Yeah. It's a 44. He's going to fight back with his claw. Let's see what happens. Needed a 40, rolled a 5, which is extreme. I'm dead. And he just backhands you. And Roy's body goes flailing into the sarcophagus. The blade disappears. And Maria races towards the sarcophagus where Roy landed. It is now Pippa's turn. I'm going to cast Dominate on Windflower. I needed a 60. I rolled a 68, so I failed. Needed a 65, rolled a 52. It's a success. The ghoul turns on you. Why? What did I do? And is going to uh, pounce on you with its one claw. What do you want to do? I'm going to Dominate again as my fight back. I need a 60. I rolled a 48. I got a 40. I needed a 40. So in this case, um, you're fighting back. And in a tie, initiator wins. So he rakes with his good claw across your back as you turn and across your shoulder blade for two points of damage. How much do you got left? One. Maria rushes to the sarcophagus containing Roy and attempts to do first aid. Thanks. Needed a 65, rolled an 83. So first aid was not successful. Did I say thanks? I didn't mean it. Without warning, a shadowy form leaps from the tunnel that leads back to DBRT Studios. Ah, shit, Officer Loliola exclaims. What have you tourists got up to now? Here I am, only six days from retirement. They brandish their service pistol, leveling it at the nearest enemy, which in this case would be the ghoul. Need a 53, rolled a six extreme. The ghoul drops to the ground hole in the head that's how we do it here in new york kill those gray big dog guys so we are in round five rocky you're up after seeing roy fly across the room into that sarcophagus i'm going to stop for a minute and i'm going to almost turn to run towards him and then i'm going to spin back towards jason and i'm going to take a moment i'm going to take all that anger and that rage and frustration i'm going to channel it and i'm just going to very slowly gun down aiming at that rod go ahead and take that with a bonus die right now please i need i needed a 78 i rolled a 17 which is a hard success all right let's see if he can beat the hard success you need an 85 you rolled an 87 a fail the bullet strikes the scepter and with a resounding crack The scepter splinters apart, the intricately carved metallic frame demolished as topaz energy ripples from within to energize the cat's eye chrysal barrel gems to either end. 
These precious jewels hold their shape for a moment before exploding in a solar flare of eye-searing brightness. Bracing for an eruption of heat, you are surprised when crystallized ice forms in the air instead, the coldness clinging to your skin and frosting your hair. Striations of amethyst electricity sizzle through cracks in the floor as the ancient power once contained by the sigils is now free to hunt. Like a phosphorescent serpent, it eagerly gives chase to its prey. Roaring with rage, Jason Windflower, the self-made ghoul king of New York City, makes a mad rush at you, his massive talons outstretched and his maw opening wide for a bite. But the ley lines converge more quickly than he can move, delivering its holy vengeance, sheathing his legs, breaking down the sinew of his limbs, eating him alive. With great effort, he gurgles a last retort. Charles Blaine was delicious. His lips part with one last sadistic grin, then his left eye bursts like a rotten grape, oozing oily ichor down a cheek that is already cracked and frozen. The artifact's light consumes him entirely, but his forward momentum was so great, it cannot be ceased entirely. Instead, the stiffened form of this once human totters precariously before you, before toppling over and shattering into a thousand crystal shards. The sun sets on Manhattan once more. Yours just another tale told in a city with a million of them. As the full moon rises to bathe the concrete jungle in pale blue phosphorescence, the sound of sirens spiral into the air, competing for attention, but they too will soon be forgotten. For nothing above, below, or upon these streets will much interest the local populace for more than a short span of time, interest easily overtaken by the next murder in an abandoned alleyway, the next political scandal, the next sky rise set ablaze by neglect or arson. Forgotten pages of newsprint blow in the wind, constantly. Paper tumbleweeds over which the throngs step without even looking down. The days when your heroic sacrifices would have been celebrated on statue placards in public parks are long gone. Eventually, no one will be left to remember your deeds, good or evil, for that is the way of all things. An uncaring cycle of neglect, rot, and a mouthful of cold dirt. Yet, despite this inevitable nothingness, there exists in the universe a propulsive energy. Call it God. Call it fate. Call it human nature. Call it hope. That will continue to inspire investigators of the unknown like you to seek answers to questions others are too afraid to ask. Detectives of the dark, shining beacons of light, onto the misdeeds of evil entities. For knowledge is more powerful than willful ignorance, and all we can do is learn and teach.
Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. Woohoo! All right, guys. It's time for some recommendos. So let's power through these since we're getting a little bit late here. Yeah. It'll be Gabe, Matt, me, and then Brian. Go ahead, Gabe. I'm going to recommend something that most people probably at least have a semblance of, but I know it's kind of been in the back burner in the past years. I'm going to go ahead and just recommend Bandcamp. As streaming of music becomes undeniably the only way that people do it, I think that Bandcamp offers a very good way for you to actually support musicians and exist in communities in which that they can curate and be and also interact with. I mostly use it for metal bands because they're of the music I like definitely the most active on there. I just think it's a really cool website where you can buy your merch directly from them. You can get the songs there. You can get information about if they're going to tour, when releases are coming out. It's just a good a website to categorize and keep everything about your favorite bands. I didn't ever really use it in its like peak, but now it's kind of on the come down, and I've been enjoying it with what I've been using it for. So I, I, I do think it's a really good tool to actually support music that's being made, at least smaller bands. I mean, big bands aren't on there, because why would they be? It feels good to use it, and it's cool to be a part of these bands' communities. So that's Bandcamp. All right, thank you, Gabe. Appreciate that. We'll check it out. <laughs> Matt. Go ahead and you're next. Tonight I got uh, an indie release in early access, but fear not, despite this game having just come out, it has plenty to do and plenty to see. It is called Planet Crafter. Uh, and what it is, is it is a space survival planet terraforming game where you play a convict who, in lieu of taking a, a sentence, either in prison or somewhere less fun, have, have decided to volunteer to be a, a planet crafter, basically a person who is shot deep into space into a planet that shows promise but isn't quite there and it's up to you to survive on what little you have and what you can find and not only you know not die in your attempt to live on an alien hostile world but to make it friendly you go from having nothing to pumping enough oxygen into the atmosphere and you know increasing the temperature and you know adding an atmosphere and it's a slow process, but it's a really satisfying process to see such big changes in the planet, such as going from having no atmosphere to having a blue sky, to having clouds, to seeing rainfall, to having plants grow. It's a, a really cool journey to, to be a part of and witness, all while investigating this uh, previously unknown planet, which has uh, several hidden mysteries and untold tales for you to find. So there's a lot of a lot of exploration, uh, a lot of planning and crafting, and it's a lot of fun, despite only being in early access. But what's there so far is a really good time, and if you're into those kinds of games, I can't recommend this game enough. Planet Crafter, and it is available on Steam for 20 bucks. Very nice. Thanks, Matt. Check that out. I'm going with next, guys. And you know what? Adulthood doesn't have a whole lot going for it, I must admit, but... One of the cool things you can do whenever is have breakfast for dinner. So whether it's a bowl of uh, peanut butter Captain Crunch or a stack of pancakes, there's just something that seems so transgressive and naughty about having one meal in place of the other. But my favorite dish, Kai Jiao. It's essentially a Thai omelet served over rice. Something so simple yet delicious that I make it about once a month. Now here's the recipe. Cook some jasmine rice. Then take a Thai spicy red pepper and slice that into thin little bits. 
And in a small bowl, mix up a tablespoon of water, a tablespoon of distilled white vinegar, a teaspoon of sugar, and two tablespoons of fish sauce. Add the spicy peppers to that and let it sit. Now, in another bowl, whisk up four eggs and a tablespoon of that same fish sauce. Now, stir in two thinly sliced scallions along with some ground white pepper. Now, trust me, it sounds a little weird, but that white pepper is the magic stuff because it's so floral and fragrant, and it kind of plays off the funk of the fish sauce. Now, what you're going to do is get a skillet, like a cast iron skillet or a nonstick pan, and you're going to dump a quarter cup of vegetable oil in it. Seems like a lot, but you're going to need it. And you want to heat that up on medium high until the oil is shimmering. Okay, you want to get it pretty dang hot. Because what you're going to do next is take your egg mixture that you had, and you're going to pour that evenly uh, into the skillet. And what I do is I do like a kind of a spiral. And you want to pour it in slowly because um, you don't want all of the egg mixture to like sink to the bottom of the pan. As you pour it, it's going to sort of pillow up. You're going to let that go for about a minute or so. And then you're going to carefully, very, this is the hardest part, use some tongs to flip it. And you kind of want to flip it away from you so that the oil doesn't splash back onto you. If the egg hasn't quite set, then it can be very floppy. But if you get it just right, it'll flip over okay. Then do that other side for about a minute. Toss that onto a plate that has paper towels so it sops up all the oil. Let that sit for a minute. And when you're all set, uh, scoop out some of the jasmine rice onto a serving platter. Tip over that omelet on top of it so it drapes over the top of the rice. And then you're going to want to take a few more sliced scallions and sprinkle it on top. On the table, you're going to have that sauce that you did and uh, some sriracha and serve it that way. And I Gotta tell you, uh, once you get used to the steps, it's pretty easy. And there are really just very few ingredients if you follow those directions. And I think you'll agree with me that Kai Jiao is the best breakfast for dinner. Check it out, Kai Jiao. And that's a K-H-A-I. Second word is Jiao, J-A-O. Woo! All right, uh, Brian, we're on to you last. Mine is another product brought to you by... Net dot. I got, they have all different generations. These are, I guess you could classify them as universal USB cables because the ends are magnetic and each cable comes with three of the major USBs and a lightning cable. So you can use it with an iPad or iPhone. You have a USB-C and a micro. The great part about it is you plug them, the little USB-C, right into your device and it stays there. When you need to charge it, you just get the cable remotely close and it magnetizes right to it and it's a fast charger. Um, They have several generations. I got the Gen 12, which is the newest gen, and it's got the data and rapid charging built into it now. It's got a little bit better technology into the cable. Holy crap, these are great. Because I can use one cable to charge my controllers, to charge my headset, to charge my phone, my watch, everything I need to in one spot. So definitely check them out. They're not very expensive. The only thing I did notice when I went to order these is when I ordered the previous generation, they had a nine foot version, which I like because that if I'm playing a game or something, I can keep the headset plugged in and charging while I play. And the magnet is nice, so if you forget it's plugged in and you go to get up and it just pops right off and you don't rip everything out of the socket. Right now, I can only I only see that they have a 6 foot 6 inch, which is still pretty decent length. So, um, check them out. It's NetDot. They're magnetic USB cables and they come with all the ends and tips that you could need. Cool. Thank you, Brian. We'll check that out. And guys, that's it for this case of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. 
If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our socials, including Discord, Reddit, YouTube, Twitch, and much, much more. You can find me on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. And if anybody wants to compliment me on how well I was uh, rolling throughout that whole thing, you can just send that love to uh, at the real weird kid on Twitter. And if anybody wants to find out if I'm going to somehow survive, you can't come to me at Lovecraft Gabe. Uh, I want to hear some shout outs at I cast a spell, guys. Give me some shout outs at Brian Podcast. Until next time, roll for Sarcophagus. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2022. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.